Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest is Hallie with Ice and Dust Pottery. She is our first ceramic artist on the podcast. It's such a fun time chatting with her and getting to learn something new. Um, But, you know, learning that basically all makers have something in common, which is the love to create. And so I think you all will enjoy listening to this interview as well and learning about um, her the remarkable way that she got to start her business and also she gives some really key points at the end about um, doing contracts with people so I think that was a really key tip that a lot of us can use and uh, take with us and research on our own so that's awesome all right so it's the start of a new episode so I want to give a big shout out and thank you very heartfelt thank you to my patrons over on patreon so Amy Bison Valley Carving Brandy Studio Bay Kathy One Girl and Her Tools Dan and Kelly Reclaimed Living Ellen Little Bear Furniture and Ethan Ethan Carter Designs thank you all very much for being patrons over there on patreon and if you would like to have your name added to the shout outs at the start of the show you can become a patron as well you can head on over to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o n.com forward slash maker mom podcast and check out how to join the tribe or you can follow along with maker mom podcast on instagram that's at maker mom podcast hit the link in the bio there and hit join the tribe and that will take you right over to patreon as well now when this episode airs which it will air on the 21st I will be at workbench con hoping to get to meet a bunch of you there um, I will be presenting moderating the parent panel on Friday morning from 10:15 to 11:15, and then I will be doing a carving demo with Ellen of Little Bear Furniture in the afternoon on Friday from 1:15 to 2:15, and on Saturday afternoon from 1:15 to 2:45. So make sure you stop by, say hello, get a little dusty, and uh, try out some tools. All right, with no further ado, here is Hallie with Ice and Dust Pottery. Yeah, cool. All righty. Well, let's just get started with, you know, why don't you give a brief introduction about yourself? Sure. Um, So my name's Hallie Immelt, and I'm the owner and maker behind Ice and Dust Pottery. Uh, I make brightly colored speckled pottery out of my basement in Columbus, Ohio. Um, And I also work full-time as a senior graphic designer for a healthcare software company called Cover My Meds. Um, And on top of all that, I'm a wife and a mom to a very spirited five-year-old boy. So life's crazy. Awesome. Is your son in school yet or? Nope. Uh, that's happening this year. We're waiting to find out if we get all day kindergarten right now. And so that's pretty nerve wracking and exciting all rolled up into one. But, you know, he does the daycare things. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping it's not a huge shift as far as what he's used to. But I know it's probably going to be probably more <laughs> difficult on the parents than for, on him. <laughs> yeah, my my oldest is um, six and a half. And in first grade this year so last year you know was kindergarten and it was definitely like a learning curve and involved uh things like well I mean since you're in Ohio then this is probably something you will have to deal with things like you know all of a sudden there's a snow day and what do we do oh yeah definitely it's like okay I guess we rearrange our schedule and 
all yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah. I'm super fortunate to work for a company that's super flexible, which so, you know, we can do what we got to do. And I frequently, like my kid gets sick, I can work from home while he's in the background watching cartoons, trying to get healthy and all that. So I'm pretty lucky in that regard. I don't think that'll be a huge challenge as much as it would have been at my last job or as much as it is as it is for most people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Um, all right. Well, let's go back a little ways to your childhood. Where did you grow up? What kind of childhood did you have? Uh, yeah, so I grew up here. Um, I'm an Ohioan born and bred, uh, and my parents, uh, they're definitely unconventional crafty kind of people. And that definitely shaped who I am a little bit. Um, I have a big place in my heart for like artists and eccentric people. And I identify as both of those things myself. Um, But like going back two generations, my grandpa on my dad's side was a band director. And he was also a very successful trumpet player. And he played for Dean Martin for a little while. And then on my mom's side, my great aunt was a renowned China painter. And so like my mom and her siblings and cousins got to play around in her studio on occasion. Um, So everybody was, you know, a big proponent of the arts in my family. Um, My mom was really into like 4-H and sewing and my dad refinished wood furniture for a hobby. So like my sister and I had a lot of opportunities to participate in artistic endeavors growing up. Um, And for quite a while, I was on the path to become a musician myself. Um, but I took kind of a hard right turn and started taking visual art classes in high school and that really stuck. Um, and I remember when I decided that I wanted to go to art school um, and I told one of my teachers, he asked me if my parents were supportive of that. And like, he seemed really concerned at the time <laughs> about my answer for that. Um, but the question kind of threw me because I thought, well, why the hell wouldn't they be supportive? Um, but it really woke me up to how lucky I was that there really wasn't much resistance to me going after a career in the arts where I think a lot of people might have hit that. Yeah, that that is really awesome. I mean, I know my own, you know, my own experience was kind of the opposite in the sense of like, you know, my mom was like, okay, being an artist is great, but that's something you do like on the side. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to have a job that like pays the bills. Totally. So I was not encouraged to go to art school at all. And so (laughs) I didn't. And and that's fine. You know, it's just, you know, now I'm in my 30s. And and uh, learning on my own, and and that's just fine, but um, I definitely think sometimes, like, man, what would life be like now if I had taken that different path? Yeah, I totally hear you on that. I mean, on my end, too, like, as supportive as they were, once I went off to art school, it was kind of like, I still had that self-doubt and only ended up completing like three semesters before I was like, you know, I need something a little bit more stable and ended up switching my major and then coming back to it after um, a 13 year hiatus, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's just that doubt really gets you. It's really hard to make it in the arts, but um, you know, those of us who are crazy or brave enough to try um, and put in the hard work, I guess you can make it happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I mean, you went to art school, mm-hmm. but do you so did you change over to graphic arts then? When you changed yeah, major? yeah, definitely. So initially, I took a ceramics class in high school because I thought it was going to be a fun and easy A kind of class, um, and I really got hooked. Um, so I did the three semesters in college, abandoned that for a couple of reasons, but the big one was that I was just worried about stability. Um, This was like before Etsy, Instagram, Square Readers, Mm -hmm. all that stuff that really makes it easy um, to forge your path as an artist. Um, So there were a lot more barriers back then when I was considering whether I could make it as an artist compared to what we have now. Um, I ended up studying journalism and I worked as a newspaper designer and then I moved into designing magazines and then in marketing. Um, And I always kind of told myself along the way that I'd pick back ceramics, pick ceramics back up when I retired, um, you know, just like as a hobby. But at some point, I started missing it like crazy, like with a computer driven career, I'm in a cubicle um, behind a computer. And like, you might be able to relate to this. I feel weird when I have like normal fingernails, like (laughs) with ceramics tears up my hands so bad. And at some point, I realized like, wow, I actually have fingernails. This is weird. I should have like chipped up 
crabby hands like I used to. And it just felt wrong. So I decided to jump back into it. Um, but what actually drew me back in after that 13-year hiatus was seeing other people on social media mostly, um, potters who were turning their passion for clay into businesses, um, which seemed unattainable to me in the past. Um, but I mean, like pottery is a really expensive hobby. And I realized that my background in marketing gave me a bit of an edge into what I would need to make my business a hobby. Um, and that in turn would allow me to get my hands back into clay like long before I would retire from my full-time job. So I needed a good stress reliever at some point in my life after starting a family and pottery used to fill that void. So I figured why not pick it up again? Um, and one of the really cool things about how Ice and Dust was started is that I got the seed money for my business from my full-time job. Um, so I was able to buy a wheel and some supplies through a program called Cover My Quest that they have, where employees get basically like three minutes to pitch an idea about how they use a mini grant to do something epic that's not related to work. Um, so I ended up pitching my idea of starting a pottery company and I won a giant check in 2017 and got a wheel and got some supplies and the rest is history. That is really awesome. I mean, that's just really awesome that organizations are realizing that people, you know, probably have things outside of work that they're passionate about. Totally. And you being able to do that probably makes you a better employee for them because you I sure hope so yeah <laughs> well it's, you're getting to live a, and do things other things that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and so that's gonna you know keep you well fed spirit wise to you know go into work every day type thing. yeah absolutely I mean with graphic design you're designing things for other people it's really unlike art in that it's really client driven so mm -hmm. what I think looks good or what I like is often not in the picture so much as it is like what a client would want so the pottery side of things really is fulfilling for me because I get creative freedom all the time um, it's one of the reasons that I'm really committed to not doing custom orders I know some makers really thrive on that but me it's the opposite just because you know 40 hours a week or so I'm doing stuff for other people. I want to make mm -hmm. this uh, pottery venture like all about creative control for me and that creative outlet's really important to me to balance what I do the other part of my life. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally, totally understand that. That's why like I just somewhat recently started doing some, you know, taking on doing work for clients, but in the end, like my dream or what I'm going after is my own furniture line mm -hmm. of designs that you know that I would sell based on my total creative design totally. um, and and when I do take on client work I'm pretty picky about it you know mm -hmm. where it's like okay is there something I've already made that you like because this is my style and I'm gonna pretty much stick to my style like mm -hmm. if you want something that's just like straight lines and straight edges and that's awesome i'll point you to somebody else who can do that and mm -hmm. would love to do that for you you know but it's like because if if i don't have any enjoyment in the process of making that it's going to show in the quality yeah. of my work i totally agree with that and i feel like there's so much pressure for makers to do that custom work now um i'm going to point the finger at etsy for making that such a big part of their platform um and that's great and i think that there's a place for that but i think people have a have developed a misunderstanding about why people go into craft driven career fields um i think some people come to expect that um all makers want to do commissioned work and are really mm -hmm. grateful for the opportunity to commission work where some people find it really draining like i do mm -hmm. um so it, it's tricky um it, it's just you know and with ceramics too it's like a lot of the work that i do there's a lot of testing involved that can be really lengthy of a process like if somebody wants a very specific glaze color that's going to take a few tries my pink glaze that i use took six tries to get it the way i wanted it so mm -hmm. you know i i don't really want to open that door myself but i can see right. why other folks you know would really get something out of it it's just it's not for me Right. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I did want to kind of circle back to something you said. So I'm assuming, you know, I don't know your age, but I'm assuming we're probably very 
close in age and you probably grew up in the 80s. Uh, yeah, you guess. said you were in your 30s. Um, I, I was born in 86. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're, ju- you're just five years younger than me. So, okay. I mean, pretty close. So we didn't grow up with computers in our homes until later in our childhoods. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even the internet being a thing and creating a pathway to work with just what you love doing was not a thing. Like... And I think that bears repeating because I know I like, you know, I have twin younger sisters who are 21. They'll be 22 Mm -hmm. soon, but they didn't even like that blows their mind. It's like, yeah, the smartphone thing, like I didn't even have my first smartphone probably till, I don't know, seven years ago, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's something that it's like mind boggling to younger generations. And I think that's both, that's really great because they have a lot of different choices and careers than we did. And Absolutely. We're, and we're not even that, we're not even old. You yeah. Know? So it's, oh, it's I mean, talking to other millennials, um, I really feel like there's a hard line in the millennial division, which is a really wide age gap, 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 excuse me. <laughs> um, but it's a really wide age range. Um, And there's a point within that where people went to high school and had cell phones and people who didn't. I feel like that's a huge game changer, that division right there. The people who didn't have Facebook in high school versus the people who did. That's, you know, it's a game changer. It's crazy how much um, that makes a difference. And yet we all get lumped in under millennial. Um, but there's such a wide range there that there is. they're missing out on. <laughs> there is. Yeah, I'm the, I was born the very first year that the millennials start. Oh. And so I even feel most of the time, like, I don't even know if I really fit. Sure. Demographic, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to be Gen X. They had the best music. <laughs> they had it's so much <laughs> best fashion, whatever. I'm all right with it. <laughs> um, All right. So when you started, you said three years ago, you picked it up again? Uh, Yeah, I picked it back up again in 2017, late in the year. Okay. So when you did that, and I mean, you, it sounds like you meant to start it as a business from the get go, if you were making that pitch to your company. Yeah, I did. I mean, ceramics can be a pretty pricey hobby. And I knew it was going to have to be a self-sustaining hobby. Uh, At the time, my husband and I were living in a bad part of town and we had a young child. So I wasn't really in the position to be able to throw a ton of money at a hobby to get something started up. Um, So I didn't really have a very refined business plan for how I was going to be selling my work aside from like, gee, maybe I'll start an Etsy shop and see what happens. (laughs) Um, But you know, I kind of figured things out as I went along. And I think, you know, having freelanced in my full-time career a little bit, I knew a little bit about the business side of things and what I need to do to get that up and going. Um, and then I just jumped in with both feet pretty much. All right. Was there, I mean, was there anything that caused you to take a, a moment of pause when you're, when you were doing all of that to be like, whoa, am I ready for it or anything like that? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I really, it was something I wanted to do, but I didn't really start questioning the whole, like, I'm going to do this in retirement thing until I knew about that program, Cover My Quest, since cost was such a huge barrier for me, you know, knowing that I could do it with that initial boost in funding, that really lit that fire of, okay, I'm going to get over my fear of public speaking and for three minutes, you know, fumble through this pitch and see what happens. And then it happened. And I was really, really surprised because I had some major speaking fumbles when I gave that three minute pitch out of nerves, but it happened. And here I am. And I remember calling my husband and he was like, you're doing what now? (laughs) But, uh, you know, if it hadn't been for that program, I'd probably still be sitting here waiting for retirement and dreaming about clay. Yeah. Um, so when, I mean, when you started that, your son was like two uh, yeah, I think he was three-ish, okay. two or three, something like that, yeah. All right, so what was it like starting up a side business uh, with a 
full-time position <laughs> and a toddler at home. Plus, you know, you, you have to do things to like keep the marriage going and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, it was difficult. And I think there were a lot of sacrifices I asked of other people without realizing I would have to, um, you know, I really couldn't do it without the support of my husband and my friends and my parents. They've really all helped a lot to make this dream happen, even though it's like not their dream. Um, people really showed up for me since I started doing this thing. And it's exceptionally humbling, considering like how much self doubt I have about it. And so many people in the arts have as well. Um, there's like a lucky few people who get to do craft work full time these days. And, you know, like the fact that my family and friends seem to think I could do it when I didn't even think I could do it, it just really means a lot. But um, talking like actual logistics, of having my hands in clay while having a five-year-old who needs me. Um, it's a little messy, uh, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, it used to be that I would work exclusively when my son was sleeping. Um, but now that he isn't napping as much, it's getting more challenging in some ways. Uh, but the house that we ended up buying is split down the middle with a partial wall. So I have half of it for my studio and the other half is his play area. So I can be working on the wheel while he's like working in Play-Doh or playing with Legos on the other side of the wall, which is pretty cool. And we like to, you know, listen to music together and he's starting to have an interest in clay too, which is cool. So I'm trying to think through some ways that I could allow him a little bit more access to the studio while still, you know, keeping him safe and not creating any problems there. But we kind of have like this parallel play thing going on right now where he's on one side of the wall doing his thing and I'm doing my thing and we check in on each other and listen to music and it's pretty cool. That, that does sound pretty cool. Um, so what does it look like? You know, I uh, obviously reached out to you through Instagram. So I saw your mm -hmm. feed, which is beautifully done. I must Thank say, you. <laughs> um, your, your feed's one of those that's like, man, why can't I just get my act together and do this? But, Aww, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like where, so where do you now, like, like how do you sell, um, your stuff? Oh yeah. Um, so initially I was just doing the Etsy thing and, you know, I had a smattering of sales to people who were friends and then it started to be like, random people I didn't know and that was pretty cool and I remember that first sale I'm like I don't, know, I don't even know who this person is and they're buying my stuff this is so cool um, but at this point um, oh and I had a little stint where I was doing wholesale work um, which got to be a bit much last year um, I was wholesaling the Ohio mugs that I make um, but I've decided to kind of move away from that and really focus exclusively on online and craft shows I found that the part of the whole thing that's really fulfilling for me is actually kind of getting to know the people who buy my work, which is really cool. Um, so that's why I like the craft shows. That's probably at this point about half my income from pottery and then the other half is online. And I'm trying to scale that up a bit because shows can be a bit draining. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into getting those ready and hauling the booth over and setting up and tearing down and trying not to break everything and <laughs> all of that. So um, I've done, you know, just about every way of selling the pottery. You know, even like when I first started out, I was going on like neighborhood Facebook groups um, on Marketplace and like delivering them with my husband to people's doorsteps and taking cash away from it. And it was just way janky, but compared to what I'm doing now, but uh, it's mostly online and craft shows at this point, I'd say. Okay. You know, I'm interested about the craft shows because like personally, like people will ask me, well, do you go to like the art shows or the craft mm -hmm. shows? And, and I've always said, like, I've only done one. And I said, no, because a, people don't go to an art show or craft show expecting to like leave with a coffee table. Like, that's <laughs> just not something that people expect to find there. Mm -hmm. But I also think like, okay, my pieces are like super heavy and it usually, you know, can take multiple people to move a piece. And if you have to fill a booth, you need lots of pieces. And um, I always thought that was like the only other like people I think who get like the weight of it all are potters like, oh yeah guys this stuff is like so heavy definitely um, do you um, feel yeah. like you've got it down to like a science now like a routine of 
Oh, I wish I could say yes to that. <laughs> um, I mean, every time I'm loading my booth and I'm like, why didn't I like become a crochet artist or something like that? Because I see them set up in five minutes and it's not, they're not sweating like I am and stuff. But I've had ways of working around it. Like I usually wear, a, I bought a hat that says maker on it so I can wear a hat while I do my shows. Because by the time I'm set up, I'm usually sweaty and gross and nobody wants to buy something from a sweaty, gross person. So I have little tricks, like wear a hat. <laughs> good point very good point yeah. um all right and then when you say online so not really it sounds like you're kind of are off of etsy yeah okay yeah so i kind of you... left with the whole free shipping debacle that um yeah. they tried to push forward and went out on my own and i have no regrets <laughs> um so are when you say you're selling online is that mainly through like your own website or are you doing it all through like social like Facebook business and Instagram. Oh yeah. Stuff. My own website. I'm using Shopify now. Really like it. Okay. Awesome. Um, all right. So you took your first pottery class in high school. Mm -hmm. right? Um, did you end up getting any like of your own tools at that point or just recently when you started back up? Uh, yeah, that was pretty recent. Um, there's not a ton of tools involved in pottery. It's more like the glazes and the clay and the, you know, supplies that you use up over time that take up a way a lot of space. So if I had brought anything through all that, I probably wouldn't still have it. I probably would have pitched it when I took time off. But mm -hmm. yeah, I've uh, been collecting a large amount of crap in my house to, <laughs> to feed this, uh, you know, new hobby of mine or a new business of mine, I should say. So yeah, I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, okay. So I know you've got a wheel. Do you mm -hmm. have your own firing furnace? Or kiln? Um, a kiln? Uh, yeah. Actually, that's one area where the mom thing has kind of changed how I approach the business. Um, from the get-go, I was planning to get a kiln at some point once we bought a house, but um I never really was able to prioritize it and figure out a safe way to do it in our new house just yet. Um, I know it's something I could do. It's just, you know, when you buy a house, you want to make that house nice. And we've mm -hmm. got some projects around here that we're prioritizing over that. So that's something that I outsource to the ceramic supplier I buy from. Um, so they're still firing my work. Um, and that's not a forever thing, I don't think. Um, they're fantastic and allow me the, you know, I don't have to monitor a kiln all day and all that, that kind of work. So I have no problems with that. It does slow me down a little bit because they have other customers that they're beholden to, which was one of the reasons I decided to step away from wholesale. Um, if there's like... Uh, a firing load that I need done for this client by a certain deadline. Um, it's something I could do in like a day, but it would take the people who I have fire my work a week and that would really, you know, extend my deadlines. And that seemed like it was starting to become a big issue for some of the clients that I had built up with the wholesale business. Um, so I was a little slower because of it, but it's the only way I can really work into my life right now. So long story short, I don't currently have a kiln. I'll probably have a kiln at some point. Just not a priority for me right now since I've got that help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did you end up making that relationship? Um, so when I won Cover My Quest, I had zero plans for how I was actually even going to fire my work because I really honestly didn't think I was going to win. Um, and I was like, you know, I know there's kilns at community centers. I know kiln sharing exists and it's a thing. So I figured as soon as I won that, I was like, crap, I got to figure this out first and foremost. And I just made a bunch of calls and asked around locally about what was available and found out that they were a thing and they seemed like the most viable option over all the ones that I had found out. A lot of the other um, people who would fire your stuff. It was, you know, just like private people who would rent out the space in their kiln for a couple bucks or something. Um, but that didn't seem like, you know, a legitimate business enough for me to be able to rely on it. So it was just really word of mouth asking around. And I'm so grateful that I found them because the people who work there are fantastic. And I consider them to be friends at this point. And I'm there like at least twice a week, every week, <laughs> just going back and forth. So yeah, they're amazing. Amazing people. Buckeye Ceramic Supply. Check them out. 
Hilliard, Ohio. <laughs> um, so is, do you get your clay and stuff from them too? Sure do. Yep. They okay. get me all the stuff I need. <laughs> awesome. Are there a lot of potters in that, in your local area? I think, yeah. And I think there's actually just potters everywhere. It's just a lot of people aren't aware that they're out there. Um, there's pretty strong Facebook groups out there. Like there's one called Clay Buddies that just has thousands of people. And really, we're just all over the place. Everywhere has a bunch of potters. You just might not know it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, to your point you kind of made earlier, like the cost of entry can be pretty high mm-hmm. um, for people to like do it on their own. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's a a thought of like, do a lot of people do this? Because I, I know people who are like super passionate about it, but like mm-hmm. don't do it at home currently sure. because they can't afford the supplies they need yeah. to get started. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons I had to do it at home and as a business rather than, you know, another option would be to go to a community studio and spend your time there and have like a space there where you keep your things and um, I couldn't really do that because the process is so sort of like I'll throw a bunch of pots and they need to get to a perfect dryness before I trim those pots and put handles on them or whatever. And then they have to get to a perfect dryness and then they fire them. So that's a lot of back and forth. And when you have kids at home um, that you need to be around, you, you know, you're more beholden to their schedule than you are the clay's schedule. So I can't be like, oh, all right, my son's going to bed. I'm going to the studio for a couple hours. See you at midnight, husband. You know, it doesn't right. really work like that. <laughs> I need to be around. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, that's just how I had to fit in my life. Um, but it would definitely be less costly to go do it at a studio and free up my basement for whatever else I would have put in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just doesn't work with my life as a mom. So I did it the way I had to. So that leads me again, you know, I mentioned earlier, so you're the the first ceramic artist I've had on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like, I know in kind of like the woodworking world, you know, I am seeing more women who are doing woodworking, which is awesome. Cool. Um, but I, I see like, or I can look at and go, man, how are these like women like cranking out all of these projects, you know? Um, and, and it is a lot of times because they don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just, and, and so like maker spaces and stuff like that, um, at least how I've seen some of them work, it seems like it kind of angles towards the crowd of people who like, to your point, like, you know, if you were in a common studio space, but you can't be because you have a kid and, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't work with your schedule. So I'm just curious, like in the ceramics world, like, is that something you see also like are the common spaces does it feel like they're made more for people like who don't have kids and yeah and more flexible I have definitely wondered about that myself too because I see people who are about my age who don't have kids who are also doing the pottery thing and see how much time they're able to devote to it and I think I I do wonder if you know if I didn't have a kid if I'd be able to put that much time into it like they do and maybe I'd have a leg up but I I don't know uh I I wonder about it and I worry about it but I I also don't care because <laughs> I, I like having my kids and I, you know, if it did set me back, it wouldn't matter to me. I don't think, um, I do see a good mix though of potters on Instagram anyway, who have families and with young children versus ones who are, you know, young single people or things like that. Um, or reti- people whose kids have, you know, grown up and moved out. Uh, a lot of people pick it up at that point in their life. Uh, I kind of love the challenge of making both work. Um, it, I kind of thrive on it and figuring out a way that I can have this in my life. And I would like to think that it makes me better in my full-time job. It makes me better as a mom, but um, who knows? I'm, I'm just trying to do my best <laughs> there, I guess. But I do think, you know, if obviously if I didn't have to do make my kid breakfast every morning, yeah, I could make a pot, but <laughs> I don't really want to make that trade-off, you know? No. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just something, you know, I was curious about if there's that kind of um, happening in more maker Mm -hmm. communities outside of just like 
woodworking or sure, uh, sure, you know, DIY type world. Um, so I have no idea on this. Is there <laughs> such a thing as a ceramic artist social media influencer? Um, you know, I think there's maker influencers all over the place, but yeah, there are quite a few people in the pottery area who, you know, they've got tens of thousands of followers and it's insane. And, um, some of them are like Instagram verified and things like that. Um, so yeah, I think it's a thing. I mean, it's still a very specific niche, so I don't know that you've got people doing it to like hawk products or anything, you know, getting those Mm -hmm. sponsorships. That's probably pretty rare. Um, I've seen it a couple times, but um, I think, you know, there's definitely that level of like Instagram power user, maybe not so much somebody who's into it to spread influence and have a way to monetize it so much. Like with brands and Yeah, brand representation, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, are you currently, do you have a YouTube channel as well? Nope. No, I'm not good on video. I'm usually in my pajamas. (laughs) I look like hell. (laughs) I'm not into it. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, do you share any kind of like process in process type stuff? Um, Yeah, I've done a few videos occasionally. Um, more than anything my son does the videos at this point he really he's starting to get into the wheel and likes to he's really into watching play-doh on youtube like people making stuff out of play-doh and explaining what they're doing and i think because of that he like wants to do ceramics tutorials on video so um i've posted one and it was like hugely successful people really enjoyed watching this four-year-old at the time you know try to make a sculpture sculpture on the pottery circle thing (laughs) it's a really cute video you should check it out um but there's been a lot of requests for him to do more tutorials so i think he's gonna be my tutorial guy (laughs) yeah the the play-doh thing on youtube um i just discovered that's a thing yeah well he'll be playing by himself in the bathtub and i'll come by and i'll hear him go like click the link at the bottom to subscribe to my (laughs) channel i'm like what are you doing you're having a bath (laughs) so what a time to be alive (laughs) Yeah, my my youngest uh, just turned four in January, mm-hmm. and so like oldest six and a half. So he's watching, um, he's watching kind of like DIY craft stuff on mm-hmm. on YouTube, um, but he's also done the whole like Ryan's World. Oh um, man, that kid! That kid's uh, a millionaire. Did you know that? Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I've because, never hated a child before, but oh, kind of. Kind yeah, of Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't diss Ryan. I'm, I'm a little concerned about his parents, but yeah. anyways, anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. But um, you know, so he's done that too, and he knows like that. I make videos for I have videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and do TikTok and all of this, cool. stuff. and so he's like really kind of into that too, you know, and always trying to help me work on my dance moves for my TikTok oh, and stuff nice. like that. But then my my daughter just kind of is now getting into her own like interest on YouTube, and mm-hmm. so she's recently started watching the Play-Doh videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones she watches though are like Play-Doh, where it's like a princess type thing, where it's like you know it's like a princess Barbie, and Ooh. they want to change her outfit, and so mm. they put Play-Doh, they make a Play-Doh outfit to change her outfit. Oh, very cool. Yeah. We just so watched the one with the chicken where you can make it have colorful feathers when you smack on its head and stuff. That one's pretty popular at our house. Okay. okay. Gotta check out the chicken video. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just interesting to watch them, but they both will do that, especially because they know mom puts things out on YouTube and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, both of them will chime in and be like, you should put, totally put this on your video, on your YouTube, mom. You know? <laughs> I love it. That's too cool. <laughs> um, all right. So what is, what's, sh- okay. You have a full-time job. <laughs> you have your side hustle, your mom, your wife, like, I know I asked you about like getting started, but like how, I mean, how do you manage it? You've got the co-play, which is awesome, but <laughs> how, how do you manage? I mean, like, 
Is there a point in time where you're ever just stopping and like pulling your hair out or? Uh, I mean, I think it's just, I have to accept that I'm not going to be a hundred percent on all three realms of my life at any point. You know, I just got to keep all the balls in the air and sometimes you'll drop a ball, but you got to pick it back up and keep juggling everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's some days where I go to work and I try to design and my head's foggy because my kid's sick or um, because I had a bad kiln load or something like that. And that happens. Um, and luckily I have a lot of supportive people around me who are there to help me keep juggling, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just try to got to do it all and um, be okay with failing and uh, try not to fail as much as possible, pretty much. Okay. So I I think this is a fun question to ask. What what does your son think you do for a living? <laughs> you know those things that people put on on Facebook where you ask your kid and have mm-hmm. to write down their answer exactly. Um, I actually asked him this question: What does mom do all day? Which was on their list of things you have to ask your kid, and he said, "Make cups." So <laughs> that's what mom does go. all day: makes cups. I think he thinks when I go to my full time job that I'm making pottery there too, mm-hmm. um, more so than designing things. I guess that's a little bit less palatable to a five-year-old. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I make cups. I don't want to get knuckle <laughs> tattoos of make there cups. <laughs> <one of each. laughs> yeah, that, That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part about being a ceramic artist? Oof. Um, I mean, I've always just kind of liked being capable of having an idea and then being able to make it happen um, without much help. Um, So for me, nothing has ever been really as fulfilling as creating things, um, whether it's at my full-time job or in my side business. Um, It's just icing on the cake for me, I guess, that somebody else might want to buy what I make and what I think it's fun to make. So I think really it's just the ability to create things and like have an idea and then be able to go make that vision happen basically okay yeah totally makes sense totally makes sense what's your favorite part about being a mom (laughs) um at this stage i'd say it's watching my son start to get interested in art and music and start expressing himself in those ways um like he's a real big fan of the white stripes and he's starting to make coolest pictures and the coolest pictures ever seriously um he he it's like not colorful scribbles anymore he's getting really good at representing things and showing us how he sees the world and it's just really fun to watch him develop that creative muscle I guess and be able to share in that stuff with him um like I'll let him make things on the wheel and um let him do those pottery tutorials um and that's that's pretty fun too and just like share music I like with him and then watch him get into it it's just you know sharing those interests is with my son is really probably my favorite part yeah so is your husband creative as well um, I'd like to think so. He, um, <laughs> he also worked at a newspaper. He was the editor. So he's more of a writer. He's very talented, but that's not what he's doing anymore. But he's really into comic books and has a great appreciation for visual art um, because of that. And also, you know, he has great writing skills. Um, he's not so much of like a poet or a creative writer, but I think if he were to put his um, pen to paper and try that, he he'd do great at it. But, you know, he was definitely a fantastic reporter at one point and a great editor. So yeah, he's pretty creative. So it sounds like your son is probably growing up in a similar environment that you did. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I hope so. I mean, I hope (laughs) he doesn't go into newspaper journalism because that's kind of a dying breed. But, you know, (laughs) if he wants to do anything but that, he's got my support. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. So here's another one I don't know is what is kind of the makeup like gender wise of the ceramic artist community? Um, I think it'd be a pretty fair split actually. Um, And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, I think because I'm so deep into the Instagram game, which is generally a more female dominated platform. I think I see a lot of women ceramicists who out there, Um, But there are a lot of male ceramicists out there as well. Um, 
I think it's really all over the place. I definitely see differences in how people who identify as female or male approach clay. Um, I think there's a lot more dude potters who like to make these giant planters and they they really like to get into the muscle of it and make these behemoth pots and stuff. Um, Whereas women tend to make a little bit more the, the more diminutive stuff, but that's not to say that that's a, catch-all for mm-hmm. how women and men approach clay I've seen tiny little ladies make the giantest pots ever so <laughs> yeah it, I think it's all over the place too it's just everyone's got their own take on how they approach the clay I suppose have you ever been faced with with anybody you know kind of kind of questioning like oh you want to do that because of your gender at all mm. Probably not so much. Um, I do feel like um, the colors that I use a lot are a lot of pastels and they're pretty feminine. Um, I, I'm still somewhat surprised that I went that way with it. It's something that I've always kind of quietly appreciated, but like in my main life, I wear a lot of black and I listen to a lot of like really dumb, angry punk rock and things like that. So (laughs) I think sometimes that can surprise people that I go toward like the pink, cute, speckled pottery, but whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I, maybe you could attribute that to gender or whatever, but I'm fine with it. And I really love, honestly, that the craft movement where I am anyway, um, has a lot of the more alternative craft shows that are very, uh, a lot of the makers are women there. Um, But they also have a lot of more edgy work too. So it's, it's really all over the place. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So what do you hope that your son learns from watching you, you know, hmm. being an uh, artist and running your own business plus doing, you know, at least currently doing the full-time job as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I hope that he feels that I'm giving him the time he needs because obviously I have a super busy life. Um, I don't want his memory of this whole thing to be that like mom would go down to the basement and leave me to watch TV or something like that. Um, So I really got to make sure that I'm prioritizing everything correctly in my life and that um, I'm devoting my time to what's most important to me, which is him. Um, but my hope would be that when he grows up and like, if somebody were to ask him if his parents are cool with him going off to college to study, whatever it is he's interested or like to not go to college and pursue whatever he's ends up being interested in that he might have that same moment that I did when that teacher asked me that thing where I, he'd be like, well, of course my parents would be cool with that. Why are you asking? (laughs) I just want him to, you know, feel supported to pursue whatever he wants to and know that he can forge his own path if he like acts like a decent person and works really hard. And I hope that's what he's taking away from like how I'm trying to approach what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So what would be your advice to another mom who wants to tackle learning a new skill Mm -hmm. um whether that's pottery woodworking diy whatever it is but is hesitant to get started Ooh, um yeah i mean i've been there um but i guess i just say just do it like if you have to wait till you're gonna retire or wait till you have like a flawless business plan you might never get the chance so i just say you know do it and get everything right with the government, you know, pay, pay your sales tax, use contracts when you deal with customer wholesale work or whatever. Um, it's really easy for small businesses and freelancers to get taken advantage of. So, you know, just cover your butt there. But beyond that, just like start making work, be okay with failing, and like be resilient enough to keep showing up, making new work. Cause eventually you're going to start feeling like, you know what you're doing, maybe a little. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, and then you can like build something really special that you built and don't forget to like pause and look behind you and look back at where you started, where you, you know, had nothing or where you were wedging clay on the floor of your basement because you didn't have a wedging board yet. (laughs) Things like that. (laughs) So I'd say just do it. Do that thing. Okay. Now I have to ask a follow-up to that because you brought up contracts Mm -hmm. for when you're doing like wholesale and that kind of thing. Yeah. How did you learn to do that or to even know you needed to do that? Oof. Um, 
Well, I think since graphic designers are generally not taken care of or freelance writers, um, I have friends who have done that and have had to fight against, you know, national publications who just did not pay them after they did the work, you know, things like that. Um, just being in that world, I think I picked up a lot of stuff along the way. So it was a really long process. But um, I know there's a lot of workshops and things out there um, targeted toward creatives who are making work um, and helping you check all your boxes and make sure that you're covering your butt. Um, but I think more than anything, um, it's important to just not assume that somebody, because they're buying handmade, that they are going to you know, treat you like a person or like a business. Um, people do shady things, and it's unfortunately way more prevalent than I would like it to be. Uh, I haven't personally gotten dinged too much from anything or like people trying not to pay me. Um, I did have a case where somebody had payment due before I started an order and I had to remind them several times and it took them 30 days to pay me and then I started their order 30 days late and they were not happy about that but because I protected myself with a contract saying I'm not starting your order until you pay me up front um, you know I didn't run into any problems there whereas somebody who might not have covered their bases there might have just not gotten paid and done a ton of work and be out however much money so I don't know it's just thinking about everything that could go wrong and preparing for it. It's a little dark. <laughs> yeah. I'm no lawyer, but I, I know there's resources out there and for figuring those things out. So, mm -hmm. well, just, thank, I mean, thanks for sharing that because I don't think that's something that, um, at least in the maker community that, you know, I know of that we talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, learn about it once they get dinged, um, mm -hmm. once someone takes advantage of them, um, and then they start protecting themselves. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have it not happen to me too much personally. I've seen it happen to other people, though, and that's enough for me to just get cautious about it and make sure I cover my bases, because this is supposed to be fun, and it's supposed to be, you know, self-sustaining for me, so if people are going to take the fun and joy out of it or not pay me and not allow me to keep doing what I'm doing, then, you know, that's not cool. I got to get mm -hmm. around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So we're, we are at the end of our time together. Okay. We did but that. <laughs> we, we did, did that. that thing. We did yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but I want to give you a chance to kind of, you know, shout out how people can follow along with you on all of the interwebs. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it's iceanddustpottery.com and I'm all over Instagram. Um, it's at iceanddustpottery. Um, and I love supporting other makers out there. So, you know, hit me up. Let me know how you found me. And uh, I'd love to get to know you guys and everything. So, yeah, check me out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, again, taking the time out of your day to chat with me. Of course. Thanks so much, Katie, for having me. It was a yeah. blast. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. That was, again, Hallie with Ice and Dust Pottery. And I will include links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes. Best way to get to the show notes. Again, follow along with Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. That's at Maker Mom Podcast. Hit the link in the bio, show notes, and that will get you to this episode and all of the previous episodes as well. So you can follow along with not just Hallie, but all the other fantastic Maker Moms that have been guests on the podcast. All right. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. If you are at WorkbenchCon this weekend, I hope we get a chance to say hi and meet in person. And uh, until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Thank you.